this month, Rivers of Nihil will release their new album, The Work, via Metal Blade Records. In arguably a very dense, heavy collection, Rivers of Nihil have forged further into new territory, delivering an album that is as cerebral as it is visceral, and that covers a staggering sonic range, definitively placing them in a category of their own. Fans can also catch the band on the road with The Black Dahlia Murder, After the Burial, Carnifex, and Undeath all month long in North America. Purchase your copy of The Work and check tour dates now at metalblade.com slash Rivers of Nihil. Make sure you're picking up the new record from Rivers of Nihil, The Work. Once again, metalblade.com slash Rivers of Nihil. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. What's going on, everybody out there? It is I, your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... Hey, it's Brandon Hahn. How you doing, Angel? I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at your buddy Gooch. Look at me being all positive. And hey... Go fuck yourself. I it's like Jocelyn it. Sharp. It's I'm just kidding. I love you guys. I love you guys. Balance. Um, I hated hearing Brandon call us Angel, though, and I never want to hear it again. Oh. Um, you can find me on My t- little cherub. I hate it. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N, sharp like a sharp knife. Go to jocelynsharp.com for all things me. And make sure to follow our other co-host, guys. That's Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia on Twitter. And Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, guys, we have Jeremy Spencer on the show. We're here to talk about his project, Psycho Sinner, and uh, the nine... 90 tracks, nine albums that he's going to be coming out with here in a little bit and the tour that's going to be following in 2022. So, but before we get to all that, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. It's a lot. I do. Jocelyn, Jocelyn's been on tour guys. As you guys know, we want to discuss this for a while now because touring during a pandemic and all these things has been different for a lot of artists as you guys have heard of the interviews and we but, don't get a lot of Jocelyn because she's chasing her dreams. Like yeah. A selfish asshole. But and you so, know, I mean, there's, I wanted to, <laughs> Wow, I thought maybe that would get something from you. And you're like, what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought maybe Giles would go, oh, you shut up, douche. But no, no, no. I, no, no. I, I was... feel no need to, to defend no. that because it was a bad joke. So no, I just was... let you swim in it. I thought it was more bad truth. But it was just... <laughs> <laughs> bad truth? Bad it's truth. Not, it is a truth. I am chasing my dreams. I'm out there on that's the road. Good. It's well, an inconvenient that's... truth. Well, let's, let's... <laughs> you Al Gore us. <laughs> Just only for the podcast. So serial. Well, we love Sylvia, so it's like it, it works out. It's great. Yeah, we're we're lucky. We're I'm so fortunate to have a fill-in like Sylvia, so I can go on the road. Uh, but man, the crazy. I don't know. So how has touring been on the road during the pandemic, Jaws? How has it been going back? To, is it back to normal, or is it still weird to you? It's it's a little weird because you go to different states and there's different guidelines. So there's that. But the weirdest part, I think, is like I've never had more grateful audiences in my life. Mm-hmm. Like people are really stoked to be out there and then also it's like one of the only things to do right now is like go there's not a, like people concerts are getting canceled live events are getting canceled most stand-up shows are staying because it's very easy to sit people at a table give them some space 
you know, all that stuff. Mm. And when I was in Denver, there was all these different kinds of people coming out to shows like, uh, this, these, this guy and this girl that were obviously on a sugar daddy, sugar baby date came out. And then like, break that down for me. What's a sugar daddy and a sugar baby? Well, it's like an older man who has a lot of money. And then like the girl that he like basically pays to be his girlfriend. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And she laughs at his jokes. Yeah. And- you okay. Know. Okay. Okay. Tell me about them. They well, laugh. here's the part is that <laughs> they didn't, they weren't laughing. Well, she wasn't laughing. And I, I went to her cause I do a lot of crowd work when I'm headlining. And I asked, uh, you know, if she wasn't having a good time on, on her first date and he goes, well, we're not on a date. And I go, well, if she's not your girlfriend, is she your daughter? And he goes, no, she's not my daughter. And I said, sir, there's not very many questions I can ask after this where I wouldn't need to call the cops. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking is this a hostage about? situation? And then he came up to me afterwards and he confessed that she was a sugar baby. Oh, and I was like, you could have just said she was your girlfriend. Men need to be better. Go M- on. Yes. Uh, men do men need yes. to be better. They- but that's <laughs> not even my favorite thing. Two, there's two people I met. Well, I didn't meet them, but there's two people that were in the audience while I was on this last few rounds of trips through Denver that I will never forget. One was this meth head in Longmont, Colorado. He was totally twacked out on meth. He was in the back of the audience and he was heckling every comedian on the show. And I was standing real quick. Have you ever been on meth and heckled? No, it's the best. Have you? No, no, I haven't. I just, it sounds like a fucking Friday night. To yeah. be fair, it did, it did seem like he was having a great time, but I was dying laughing. It in did the... seem like he was having a great time. Yeah. It did. Talking to him and his imaginary friend. Well, and I was in the back of the room, so I could like see his phone. So I was obviously, I'm going to stare at the, th- I want to see everything he's clicking on. I want to know what this dude's, and he's just like scrolling through, like he has one of those Samsung phones you can draw on. And he was like scrolling through the notes app and it was like the most gibberish scribbles you've ever seen. And then he was scrolling for a while and he had written eight, six, seven, five, three, oh nine over and over and over again. And I was like, his meth brain probably thought that number was super important. Wow. (laughs) It's like, it's the code to the nuclear codes. Okay. Now I see the shining. So maybe this wouldn't be fun. I don't want to heckle people on meth. Okay. Now I see Jack Torrance all over. But to be fair, I... I fell in love with him because anytime he would heckle and it, and the comic would get mad or address him, he would immediately back down. But the way he backed out of the heckle made me laugh every time because he would say something and the comic would go, what'd you say? And he go, Oh, nothing. Just, and he'd pick up his phone and put it to his ear and he'd go, just talking to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, I had a meth head heckle me once and I saw what he was writing down. He just wrote Jesse's heckle. girl. I think it's a great heckle. I think it's a great heckle. Yeah. I had a meth head heckle me once, and uh, he just kept writing Jesse's girl on his you, phone. You tried the joke a second time? Yeah, well, it was over you. It was because <laughs> you laughed right over the top of down. it. Well, everybody looked at me. Everybody looked at me. I'm like, do I do it now? Because I knew it was dead. I'm like, all right, joked over. Joke over. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Moving on. <laughs> I imagine heckling on meth is probably really fun, but what I don't understand is people who do psychedelics and go to comedy shows. I feel like there's too many variables there. And when I, I like it when dinosaurs are talking to me. Yeah, but with with perfect comedic timing, but in a crowd of people you don't know, no, I don't ever want to do that. (laughs) I I feel like that sounds like the worst time ever, ever, right? A show, a metal show, a rock show with the loud amps, all that stuff. It sounds awesome. I get why people do psychedelics shows like that. Um, something like Cirque du Soleil that we have out here. I get it. Comedy. A dark, quiet room. Can you room? imagine no. just seeing George Carlin 
like on acid. It sounds miserable. Well, think about what I did to this poor man, because I'm sure he will never go to comedy again. (laughs) I didn't know. So here's what happened is to the right of the stage, there was this huge table and it was a party and there was four people and four people. And in the middle was a guy and the four people on the, the, the eight people on the outside were having the best time laughing their asses off, slapping their knees, having, and he was dead face, like full on stone face. He looked pissed. And eye contact? Eye contact with me. Oh, that's that's got to throw you off. Go and ahead. And so I, I, of course, address him. And I'm like, you, you're not having a great time. Your friends are having the best time, but you're not having a good time. And they said, it's his birthday. And I'm like, what a weird energy to have on your birthday. And his energy got more angry. And I was like, you're so creepy. And then so I start interacting with the girls <laughs> in the front row. And all the girls in the front row and me are pointing at him going, he's so scary. Look at the scary creep. Does he have a beard? No. Okay, I, I just want to. I'm trying to. He has. Him right he's now. like very nondescript white Denver guy with a man bun. Okay, like, so this is with a man bun. Yes. Okay. And oh, I needed that. Definitely knew the words of Jesse's girl. <laughs> All right. He's still on it. He really <laughs> wants the joke to work. He's sure in Jesse's girl. I'm gonna do it several more times. <laughs> so we we're like all pointing at him, saying how creepy and scary he's being. I move on. I come back to him because he's still not having a good time. And I just happen to say, I say, man, you seem like you're on like a bad mushroom trip today or something. And his friends lose it. And I'm like, is that, that's what's going on there? Go, yeah, it's his birthday. He got broken up with. We gave him mushrooms and we brought him here. What terrible friends. That's what I said. I said, you guys are the worst friends ever. Like he's having a bad trip, but you're having a good time. (laughs) Like that's what's happening. Come come to the comedy show. We're not going to change our plans that he got dumped on. Yeah. Yeah. Come to the comedy show where the, where the comedian and three other chicks are going to point and laugh at your friend's face. That was my point is he's having a horrible mushroom trip and I know. Heartbroken. And the reason I just moved on with my jokes is because we were pointing at him saying, oh, he's so scary. Look at this scary guy. And he pulls his phone out and looks in his lap and starts scrolling on his phone. And I realize now it's because he was like, oh my God, I have to, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. <laughs> like, he I was just so trying scary. to disappear. I just don't, maybe I could just jump into my phone. <laughs> what is the worst drug to be on if you got broken up with? Wouldn't oh man. Definitely psychedelics. I would imagine. Or Molly. <laughs> I don't know. What, what's, oh, I've never Molly's done psychedelic. Molly. I've never done any drugs, so I don't really know. I, well, I mean, I do a lot of weed, but other than that, See, I, don't. I don't know. I don't know because whenever I do psychedelics, I'm like in the greatest of moods. So I've never had like a bad trip. I would feel drinking. Right. I know. That's I think a, drinking, that's a basic drinking is the worst. Drinking is the worst thing. Man. It is the worst because yeah. dude, it just takes you and just makes you even more cynical, more, you know, and well, then on top it of also that, gives you the confidence that everything you're feeling is hundred percent correct. Yes. It gives you the fake confidence. And then all of a sudden you might want to start firing at some chick, but it's like, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh nine, you know, I mean, and you're just saying whatever, and it doesn't make any sense. Now he's trying to use my joke to make his joke work. You laugh, but the thing is, always you <laughs> no, laugh. No, I laughed at you. No, it doesn't matter. It counts. <laughs> I sometimes try to call. It gets a ding. Brandon's joke because I know he's going to double down until it works. Rick Springfield. I thought he was going to say no. I just I thought he was going to say, did Rick Springfield have a man bun? I thought I'm like I know what he's going to say here. He's going to use Rick Springfield and he's going to use the man bun somehow. Right. Whip right? it. Whip it good. Uh, Whip it good is a Devo joke. Yeah, I know. It's the same time frame, I think. Right? 80s. Damn. It works. Damn. Oh come Damn. on. That's I, not even the craziest. I've had, we've had so many crazy things happen in yes. audiences though, especially here in Las Vegas. Like last night, a girl admitted that. She shit on her husband during sex. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
just on purpose. Yeah. Well, no, she. Uh, they were doing anal. Oh well, then that's okay. But who hasn't been? There? I've been doing that anal. Those anal jokes for three years now. Working on those jokes. This is the first woman to ever admit in three years that she shit on her well, husband. Well, here's the thing. Okay, I see women laugh at those jokes very that's hard, true. and the ones that are laughing very hard have dropped full on deuces. <laughs> Like enjoy that log. Happy anniversary. Is that is that an anniversary gift? I no, guessing. no, no, no. If no, you put no. a flag in it, if you, if you wrap a bow around it. Yeah, okay. exactly. I haven't been there. Take it so to things remembered. I'm Have gonna ask gift. this. Okay, I'm gonna ask this just straight up. All right. Now, since we've gotten dark, we've gone to the yeah, anal yeah, deuces. Of course, hey, yeah. you wanted this. This is what when you an on. anal deuce happens. Sex is over, or do you continue? Uh, I have oh, hemorrhoids. Man. I don't do anal. Okay. Um, Brandon, I'm going to say, I'm going to say you go, Oh, well, there's an accident there. And you go in, you could take a shower. You get, you get all lathered up. You make sure the dookie's gone. And then if you're still ready to go, you look at her and go, huh? And if she's like, he yeah. doesn't understand moods, I no, guess. I guess he doesn't I, yeah, understand that the mood, yeah, the mood might be over. What if I'm rocking the body My guy and friend, then she's like, look, I'll give you five minutes to clean up. <laughs> My guy friend one time told me he could he couldn't sleep with this chick he had wanted to sleep with for a long time because they were sleeping together and they were doing it doggy style and he could smell her asshole. Oh, I've had that. That's rough. Yeah, that is rough. I think this is the friend that told you that. That's the, <laughs> it is the friend that told me that probably. Is it, yeah. Yeah. This is the very that's, first that's like his story. And here's the worst part. This is the first girl I ever slept with. Yeah, he thought it, it was, was normal. Yes. I thought that was normal. Yeah, yeah. I thought like, that oh. was I thought that was industry standard. I'm like, well, the butt's right there. I mean, it's gonna smell it's like poop. Butt. I'm sure my butt smells bad. I mean, that's why we're not dogs. You no, know what I mean? She just like, didn't wipe well. Yes, I realize that now after I've se- after I've experienced several other butts since then. Right. So it's my, been 20 my years point of other butts. Being is you think it would just be as simple as showering and then getting back in the mood, but I think it's not as simple as you think it okay, is. Okay, a butt. Is different than, than a poop than a poop on your <laughs> stomach. Uh, you've heard it here first on the Metal Sucks podcast, bringing you the hard breaking news: a butt is different than a poop. Thank you on your stomach. <laughs> Thank. Let's you. just finish the whole sentence. God damn it! Who are we interviewing? Clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> we're interviewing Jeremy Spencer, the new band Psycho Center. Uh, that's what we're interviewing. He's got nine albums coming out. Nine albums. Digest those. Besides that, Jaws. So. Touring life has been the same. It's been great. Metal Sucks fans have uh, mostly in Colorado come to see me. Um, if you're listening to this, I'll be in the northern Nevada, Reno area in the middle of October. Those are my last few road dates before the end of the year, and I take some breathers. Um, you're not going to travel when the weather gets a cold? Well, because I do most of my traveling through the Midwest, I, I have a lot of anxiety with traveling. So when it gets cold, I get a little bit more trepidatious yeah, about yeah. driving. Because especially when I'm doing road runs, I'm usually driving up to 70 through Colorado, going out to Nebraska. So I'm not really going to places that are going to be totally clear and fine if it's snowy, you know? Oh, no, no. I, it's going to be a gnarly thing. Oh, speaking of that, another thing I noticed while I was on the road, love Nebraska, lots of billboards with corn on it. Uh, don't know why someone's paying to advertise for corn. Yeah, especially... And there's not, like, a word on it. It's just a billboard with a painting of corn. Um, well, they are the Nebraska Corn Huskers. That, yeah, is their, that is their college football team. There is no words on the billboard. Right. And, no, it, but, and then what about all the miles so and miles of corn fields? I just realized when you can't sell the billboard, the billboard company just puts corn on there. Yeah. Meaning this space is open. 
Let's talk corn. Maybe that's why. Because it did I make made a, that up. I don't I, I don't think true. that's true at all. No, because I, I because lie. it would be like in front of a cornfield there would be a billboard with a picture of corn and then one time it was a it was a painting of a field of corn with Jesus's head on it. Well, uh, <laughs> he is our savior and he did give us He's corn. He's our corn our corn and savior. He brought he brought corn. That's what he replaced <laughs> leprosy with. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> That's a good joke, though. It's good. Much better than the Rick Springfield It's ones. not a good joke, but it is better than the Rick Springfield <laughs> joke. <laughs> See, I set the bar low, so that way I could keep growing. <laughs> you know how else grows? Corn. <laughs> well played. You know what it doesn't grow on? Poop. Billboards. Oh. <laughs> doesn't grow on billboards. It doesn't make any sense to me. Does it? It doesn't. Did you ask anybody in Nebraska? About Did you the ask the audience? Why the fuck do you have Why corn Why is there so much corn? No. Billboards. No. You know what I notice Missed when I go back? opportunity, you know what I notice? You know what I notice when I go... No, because I, there's not an answer to that that's more interesting than what my imagination can come up with. Do you know, do you know what happens when I go to the Midwest and I tour and, and whatever, when, when I used to? It, I would notice this. There would be a unbelievable amount of auto parts stores and churches. Like it would be like there was one town I drove through that the billboard before you got to the town said yeah, I can't even remember what the town it was like something something town and like it was like their tourism advertising board and it said home of the most churches. Fun. <laughs> oh yeah. And then it had the list of all the different churches. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just put the word fun with a cross through it? You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Home of the most churches. Oh, boy. I drove through South Park. That was cool to see the city that inspired the show. Okay. Uh, Did they call it that? Did it's, they it's South Park, Colorado. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was really great. Touring's been great. People are awesome. I'm really stoked to be back out there for the most part. People are great. Uh, but just don't don't come see me if you're on psychedelics. It's a bad choice. Yeah. Unless you want Jocelyn and her to just wrangle up three other strangers <laughs> to scream to at you, scream at you after you broke up with your girlfriend or after you had your girlfriend break up with you. After you found out the whole story. Okay. Yeah. Did you feel bad about, I felt horrendous. <laughs> I went up to them. Have you ever bullied? That's what I mean. Have you ever bullied on accident and be like, Oh, I was a dick. Oh, yes. I went up to the friends after the show uh, and I said, as soon as he comes down, can you please apologize to him for me? And they're like, Oh, it's no, big deal don't worry about it you were great you were the best and i was like um (laughs) yeah they don't give a shit about that when have you bullied on accident can you remember a story well i mean just hecklers or something like that i remember one time there was a group full of super old people so this is what happened we were in a room and it was like 10 by 10 it was not a big room Okay, and it was way dark, and they had like a stadium style light in the back of this room. Okay, so I really couldn't see anything. But me and my, but dude, we were going up, and all, and it was like they they just hated us. And this was back in the day when I was young, and I'm like, oh, you hate me? I'm gonna give you something to hate. <laughs> oh and I yeah, started, that's the attitude, dude. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, that's what gets you paid. And, uh, <laughs> And it's like, so nothing will convince people to like you, like, dude, being more mean. So I just start making these elder jokes. And I mean, I'm just blasting them. Anyway, all of them, without saying a word to each other, get up at the same time and walk out. And as they move the curtain to leave, now it's bright. It's like it's blinding light. And I'm just like, walk towards the light. Walk towards the light. That feels like you were bullying on, on purpose. purpose. I think that's not the story I was looking for. Oh yeah, yeah okay. Well then, you're ma- proud of that bully. He no, was I'm more not looking for. Like- <laughs> I am not proud of that. 
That's what I'm saying. Like that, back in the day, I, there was a moment. Where, yeah, I showed them, <laughs> and now they're all gone now, probably. And it's like it just now I feel bad about it. So you yeah, maybe I should have paid closer attention to what you were trying to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> he just like he's like, let me put some dirt on. Can my you head please and really repeat the question? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> um, what I'm going to do is bury myself, please. Yes, and just make myself look like a total fucking <laughs> asshole. Mm-hmm. I just saw blue hairs, and I said, I'm going to kill you guys and tell you to die in, in, through the light. Yep. <laughs> Fuck Ronnie Radke. All right, moving on. Boy, that's too many episodes back. By the way, I did get an email. I guess they are doing that now. They had like a big sign that said, fuck Ronnie Radke behind. uh... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so he's using the press? Yeah. Smart man. Yeah. Smart man. Good for him. All right, guys. So with that, let's do it. Let's jump into our interview right now with Jeremy Spencer of Psycho Sinner. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got Jeremy Spencer. We are here to discuss, I believe, the main thing we're going to discuss today. The band name is changing, correct? Yeah, uh, we changed the name to Psycho Center, and um, I changed my stage name to Grim Center. (laughs) (laughs) Devil Daddy was, uh, that was something that, when, when I was doing like a different version of the, the group, it was, I was just doing like a solo project and it was kind of like new wave music and it was more sexually charged lyrics. So I kind of called myself that then and then um, started the band and it was going like uh, a darker direction. So it really just didn't fit anymore. And I'm like, okay, this, I need to do an overhaul here and, and change it. Cause it's just not accurate of what we're doing anymore. I mean, some of it is definitely, sex-based lyrics still but it's not like it was maybe the first thing we released so we've grown and it's different so i was like i thought it was appropriate for a change absolutely and then the the last few singles that you released under uh, everybody out there at psycho center um the la- but the last few um singles you released under psychosexual was that kind of the more aligned lines or what the the new music is sounding like for the uh the the brand change yeah i mean that's part of it. I mean, we, we do stuff that's a lot heavier and some uh, some gothier stuff, too. It's kind of just well-rounded, and we cover the whole gamut. But, yeah, that's more of an accurate style of what we're doing now, I think. And um, both those songs went number one at radio. But, um, so we're off to kind of a good start, which is nice. Absolutely. So they will be on. And that's the thing. Let's talk about uh, the album that uh, a couple months ago we were talking about a little bit. There was a little bit of a talk about this album getting released and then i believe it got pushed out till possibly september um do we have a release date for this album or do you have to redo some artwork or what are the, what where are we at with that process right now for this album with those two songs which will be featured on there right yeah the, well here's the thing um we've actually been working non-stop for two years and we're releasing nine albums the same day <laughs> Nine albums. It's, I, to me, I think that I'm pretty sure uh, from the research I've done, it's, a, it's an unofficial world record. I don't think any artist has ever done that. So we've just been grinding our ass off. So we're going to have nine albums, and those songs will be on what was scheduled to be the first album, Unholy Hymns for the Children. But now it's amongst eight other records. So um, there's going to be tons of shit for people to finally delve into and get the real vibe of this band rather than release a song on Spotify for two months and then release another one. Like, I just don't like that shit. I'm going to get some material out there. I fucking hate waiting. <laughs> you know, I think Metallica's got 10 albums and you're going to, you're trumping them almost in one day. You're releasing them all in one day. You said, right? One day. Yeah. It's, um, 
it's been two years in the making, and wow. there were different ideas of how we were going to, you know, release records, and I was going to do two a year for, like, a couple years or whatever, but then I was like, you know what, let's just fucking, I, there's so much stuff, and we just never stop. Let's just put out a bunch of shit at once, and uh, nobody else is doing that. Let's just try to change things up a bit, and that to me, that's exciting, because I've done it the other way, where you are in a band, and you make a record and then go on tour for two years and make another record. Like, I just wanted to do something different. Absolutely, man. That's, it's crazy, though. Now, let me ask you this. The physical copy-wise, is it going to be nine records like in one package, or is this just going to be a digital-only type of thing? No, there'll be. you can buy nine different vinyls or nine different CDs or nice. a USB card with all the albums on there. Um, I may even box set it with, and add some extra bonus stuff. I haven't decided, but um, definitely nine individual pieces of product will be available, physical and digital. Dude, wow. Okay. So, yes, you, like you said, two, were, two years in the making. Now, did COVID, was this a positive for you to create all this extra music because we were kind of all shut down for a while? Um, and did you just keep going and going to get all this music together? Yeah, that was 100% because of COVID. So, to me... As terrible as it is, it was a blessing in disguise, so to speak, um, because we couldn't tour, and we really didn't have music out anyway. So, uh, like, we released that first stuff, and then I was like, okay, that's not really what we're doing now. So then I scrapped that and released Devil from Hell and then Unholy, and those started doing well at radio, and I was, we would just kept, we never stopped writing, so... Because, you know, there's nowhere to go. We did one live stream show, and that was fucking weird. I didn't really like that. And um, So it's like, we'll get out and tour when it's time. But in the meantime, let's make most of our freaking catalog because we just we have the opportunity, and that's such a rarity. That I've never heard of anyone doing that. So it's like, let's just let's get all that part of it out of the way, and then we can go actually tour, you know? Absolutely. Dude, picking a set list from nine albums as your debut, if I can't, technically we're going to say it's your debut full length records, correct? Yeah. For, for the project. For sure. Yeah. Cause I know we did singles and stuff like that in, in the uh, previous format, but to pick a set list of all these new songs, is that not going to be extremely difficult for you? I don't think so because you just take the strength and the high energy pieces off of each record and, um, you would probably have more of those over nine than you would off one on your first tour. So to me, it's a good problem to have. We have a lot of shit to pull from. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a great nod. I completely agree. I think it is a great problem to have. But that is going to be uh, – and that's another thing. When touring starts back up, and again, I know we're kind of in these uh, almost testing stages, but I, I don't know if a lot of people are – there's so many cancellations, it's hard to say if we're there yet. you know. But it, it does seem like it's – reasonably in the future pretty soon. Or can we say that? Yeah, I would think probably towards the beginning of the new year, we'll be ready. I mean, mm -hmm. everything was booked already for this year before even the COVID shit started coming back. So um, it wasn't a good thing for us to get out there unless we wanted to be the door opening band at 615 and have no dressing room. And it's like, where the fuck am I going to airbrush all this paint and shit all over me <laughs> in the parking lot? You know, like, so it, it gives us a chance for things to open up a little more and maybe... Uh, have more options um, yeah. now that people have toured a little bit that we're all backlogged or whatever, but you know, it was log jammed. 
There, so now everyone's kind of been out there touring already. Exactly. There's been the guinea pigs out there, so we're learning the new new way to do it, uh, like you said. And, the, and I do agree with you that 2022 does seem like a, a very bright spot with that. And so assuming the records are all out um, at that time, are you planning to, to, because that's so much music, are you planning to tour just nonstop throughout that year, or are you still going to kind of pick and choose um, different different avenues with that? I think we'll pick and choose, but it just depends on what opens up. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly things can change if it's a great opportunity and it feels right to do it and it's a lengthy ex- thing, then we'll do it. I mean, there's really, we'll just kind of play it by ear, but um, I don't think I want to do tours unless it's going to be, it's got to be somewhat comfortable just because I've done so much touring in the past on many different levels where it, it has to at least meet a certain criteria in order for it to kind of be worth it. I mean, I don't want to go on the whole hundred grand a tour to, to play for 40 people at six o'clock, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And that's the thing you have the past you've, you've learned, you know, exactly what's beneficial with that. Um, one thing that I real, really interesting about all the music that you guys did create these last two years, like you just mentioned, um, what was the uh, was there a point where you were like, all right, this is done, and you stopped, and then you just kept going with the music, or was it, or, or do you just as an artist, when you're inspired, you just keep going? After album eight, I was like, <laughs> I need a break, and I think I may have lasted a week, and I was bored out of my mind. So then, I we I basically wrote and recorded an album, and it was I I did all the vocals and writing and recorded it in about four days, three or four days for a whole record. And there was, I was nonstop in the flow. I could not turn the computer off or shut my brain down. It was, I've never experienced anything like it. And it was like, let's just roll with it. Let's go with it because, um, it seems to be clicking. So we cranked out another record really fast. I mean, we're still touching it up as far as production stuff, but all the recording went really fast in the writing. Now, obviously, uh, the previous uh, band name, Psychosexual, there is a, a visual element to that. Obviously, the music videos uh, turned out really well. You do have a visual style to the whole band as it goes with that. Is there a different visual style with Psycho Center and the, the character of Grim Center, is, or is it kind of the same uh, visual style? I think visually it's pretty similar. I mean, I, I look the same. We all mm-hmm. kind of look the same. Um, There'll be over-the-top videos. There'll be some that aren't maybe so over-the-top. But it, it, there's just so many different styles and, and so many different vibes. It just depends on what we're doing at that particular moment. But I, I'm excited to share a bunch of the videos that we've already done that are in the can, too. There's tons of videos that we've been making as well. Like, we've been recording or making videos. That's it. <laughs> Beautiful, man. No, that's, that's a productive year. That's a lot. You know, that's a great thing. Last time I spoke to you, we did talk a little bit about a film project that you were working on. Are we allowed to talk about that as well or no? Well, I mean, I did write a script for a horror movie. It's more mainstream um, than I had done previously. I'd done some uh, horror stuff and used adult film stars to to spoof like um, classic scenes of horror movies. We did like a spoof on some of that stuff. It wasn't like a porno, but it was... I used adult stars, and it was fun. It was called Lady Killer TV, and I plan on releasing that at some point. But the new script's more mainstream, and I'm trying to shoot it in Canada in the spring of next year, so that might, um, may or may not happen depending on the touring opportunities for us. So, but it's, in the, it's, it's ready to be shot. Uh, funding is there, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it. I'll, I'll be 
starring, a, you know, one of the main actors in it, and I'm not the star, but I'm one of them, and um, it was just a lot of fun to write, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to shoot, and I, I have some cast in mind, um, and I've talked with them, and they're, they seem to be down, so I'm excited. I don't want to give the name of it away no. or tell you what it's about, but if you like, you know, fun, crazy, insane families in horror movies that everyone in the family's fucked up, and they slaughter the shit out of people, then you'll probably enjoy this. <laughs> Dude, it sounds like it's up um, all of our alleys that are probably listening right now for sure. Going to Lady Killer TV now, that is something you are completed with and you do plan on releasing here in the future pretty soon. Can you tell us a little yeah, bit made, more about that one? Yeah, I made three feature-length films. Um, mm. And I used a lot of adult stars, pretty much all the hottest names, Nicole Aniston, Tori Black, Joanna Angel, um, Nikki Benz, lots of great adult actresses. They were, they were a lot of fun to work with, and they did a great job. And I also used, like, um, some mainstream act- actors, uh, Dave Sheridan, Joe Bob Briggs, Andy Dick, um, Ginger Lynn Allen, she's in it, uh, Richard Grieco, Felissa Rose, lots of talented people. Um, I got to write and direct and be in those too, and it was just a lot of fun, a lot of work, uh, a lot of money, <laughs> but lots of fun, man. I, I I learned a lot, and that's what makes you know is making me want to do the mainstream horror film. Um, after kind of getting a taste for what it was all about the first time, but Lady Killer, I'm planning on putting that out at some point. It'll be 22. It won't be this year, um, but they're they're in the can. They're ready to go. There's three feature length films about. They're about 88 minutes a piece, something like that. So they're, they're the real deal. Nice, man. Nice. And that, that is great. Now, is it a trilogy of some sort? Are they all tied together or are they kind of separate films, if I may ask? No, they, it's, they're tied together. It's tied a trilogy. Together. Oh, cool, man. So did you, and, and that's, a great, that's a great thing. Now, script-wise, did you plan on writing a trilogy or was it similar to the records where you're like, you know what, I'm just going to keep going because it just kept flowing that way? Is that something that's part of your personality where when you do have a good idea and you do find a way to make that work, even though it's going to cost more money, your time or anything like that? I wanted to make it a show where it was like Mm. it had episodes and a whole season. So that's kind of how I wrote and started shooting it. And then it was like, let's just turn this into a full length. Let's add some, let's write some mainstream story around the crazy adult stuff and make it work that way so then it kind of just had a, a complete left turn overhaul and turned into movies and i think they're really fun i mean if you like those old 80s kind of campy horror style films with you know extended makeout scenes i think you'll like this you know you get to see a lot of boobs and uh, a lot of making out a lot of fun you know the kind of the kind of shit you wanted to see in friday the 13th but it was only on the screen for about 30 seconds before they got killed <laughs> You're speaking. You're speaking of some of my favorite movies are Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, uh, Nightmare Sisters, stuff like that. And that's what I think I'm hearing here um, is going to be that classic late '80s kind of stuff where, uh, yeah, there's just the blood and, like you said, the boobs. But um, it's a uh, it's it's a genre that it. Uh, I feel like it went away for a while, but I do like the fact that you're kind of talking about bringing it back because we are in a, a a place where I think you know just this fun excessive beautiful people type of thing is something we can all use, man. <laughs> Do you agree with that theory at all? Well, totally, yeah. yeah. And everyone's so sensitive and uptight and have lost their sense of humor these days. I, mm-hmm. I just don't get it, man. Like, 
now's more than we need this shit more than ever right now. It needs to offset the seriousness in this fucking dark place that everyone's in. I don't get it, man. It's like you can't make a joke at all anymore. Or you get torn up down. It's just so strange. Yeah, jokes uh, become yeah, like uh, your personality. Like that's who you are represented in a joke in the negative way. It's very, you're right. It's very. It's it, I. I think this is one of the hardest times to be a stand up comic in in the history of my life, at least because. With stand-up comedy, man, I remember growing up, I wouldn't agree with everything that was coming out of the ma- their mouths, dude, but I knew they were making jokes. Like, Sam Kinison's not serious, but the dude's hilarious. You know what I'm saying? And we have kind of lost that with uh, entertainment in a lot of ways. Do you, do you feel that as well? Everyone's so scared. Like, you, ooh, you don't want to say something to rub somebody the wrong way. It's like, fuck off. Get, have a sense of humor. What happened to that? That's, you're not supposed to take yourself so serious. Things should be lighthearted occasionally. That's that's kind of the thing with this band too. It's it, yes, we take it serious, but it's tongue in cheek and it's about a good time. It's not supposed to be all fucking serious. There's a trillion of those bands that do it better, and I it just doesn't interest me. I want to do what I want to do. So you may like it, you may not. That's fine. But you know, I think that we need some lighthearted fucking fun shit and it's fun to push the envelope and maybe piss somebody off occasionally what's wrong with that I, it's all in good fun it's not it's just like what stand-up comics do anthony jeselnik says the worst shit ever i love that comedian he's like my favorite guy of all time and uh i i don't see how he exists today because everyone's so fucking uptight man but i'm, I'm just really appreciative that he exists <laughs> absolutely one of the first things i saw first concerts i saw bill burr out here at the cosmo and uh, first joke out of his mouth was like, Bill Cosby, all those gold digging women got what they deserved. And I'm like, oh, wow. And then the whole crowd was like, right away, that was his first joke. And you felt like, is there tension? No. They got it. They got he was joking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, totally. And he doesn't give a fuck. He, he said, I don't care. Yeah. This joke can go horribly bad. And that's up. I don't care. I'm going like, to open the show care. with it. Exactly. That, that is fun, pushing that envelope. And, and now that you have these projects and you're able to do that, that is something that um, – did you feel like um, – you know, a lot of these projects came from that reaction, like where you wanted to have that option to be like, look, I don't care. This is about a good time. And I do want to be able to push the envelope and not live in a box like most uh, people have to right now, especially with art. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm probably the wrong guy to have a mouth in this day and age because I say the worst shit. You know, I'm just I've always been a joke, lighthearted, dark humor person. And uh so to see the, the way shit is today, it's like, God damn, I don't even know how I'm existing, man. <laughs> but I, it's all about fun. Why can't people just have fun and let their guard down and, and realize that shit does not have to be so serious all the time? I just, I'm confused, man. I, the way shit is now, it's like the 50s or something. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, we've definitely taken a step uh, back for sure. And yeah, with these projects, though, um, with Grim Center, the character in general, you can do so yeah. much with him, right? You can do the comic book thing. You can make some sort of film element with him and all that stuff. Um, obviously, we just made nine albums, so I'm asking for too much at, at, at once. But do you like the fact that there is this persona that you know you can pretty much get away with anything because it's not really you, in essence? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that was part of the whole plan. It's fantasy, and we can draw it up any way we want. Um, we can do shit that's offensive we can do shit that's not it's whatever we we make the rules it's character it's fantasy based so it's all about having fun awesome man so what what are some of the influences that you found like maybe band wise 
growing up? Like I'm assuming Guar and Odorous R.I.P. was one of those guys that really uh, you you, you kind of loved growing up. Now, is there other bands that really influenced you that that had this kind of way that they can be like, I can do whatever I want? Well, I mean, it started with Kiss, like so mm. many other musicians, you know. I mean, I was so young when I first discovered Kiss, and that, that started the theatrical craving. And, um, you know, and then growing up, you'd see the Marilyn Mansons, the Rob mm. Zombies, uh, Slipknot was doing their thing. I, I like gore, but to me, it was it's almost too humorous all the time. I like a little bit of seriousness in there, and... Mm. Um, I think they they rock. Don't get me wrong, and their live show is fucking incredible, man. I think it rules. But I just I like a little bit more serious stuff um, thrown in occasionally. But I, I I think they're really good, a really good band. That's awesome. No, that, and that's the thing is that the originality that you guys are presenting is going to be really cool for the world to check out, man, for sure. So what is the update? As we said, we have the nine albums. You can do nine vinyls, the bundles, all that stuff. The details aren't done yet, but what is the update um, on the time frame of when fans can maybe get their hands on these? Well, I'm going to release those albums October 30th, even though it's a Saturday because it's Devil's Night. It's the night before Halloween, so I thought that was appropriate. Nice. Um, so you'll be able to get all nine of them in. The vinyl is back-ordered on the manufacturing because there, there's so many vinyls being printed like from everywhere that they're, they're backlogged because of COVID. Or COVID, I mean, sorry. And um, so you can, or, you'll be able to order it, but you won't be able to get it that day. But you can get the digital October 30th. Nice, man. All right. So last question I do want to bring up. As we mentioned, you've got the the movies that you worked on, the nine albums that we can get on uh, October 30th, everybody, and the music videos that you've done that have done really well and, and have gotten a lot of press. How many more music videos do you plan on doing for this project and these albums right now? Well, at minimum, there'll be probably two per album, but probably even more just mm. because... Not everything has to be a single, so to speak, but um, and there's some some darker songs and things that I'd like to do some some visuals to, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. So there's really no rules, but at least two per record. How is having no rules um, after uh, you being a musician for as long as you have and, and doing all the things you do? There's always been some sort of rules or limitation, but how how is it now coming at this stage? in the game and really having no rules and, and calling all the shots. How does that make you feel as an artist? It's refreshing, man. I, I, I came from such a band that was, I don't know how to say this carefully. You, you just, everyone had their role and you had to do things a certain way. Um, and there's a lot of people relying on you and there's schedules to keep. And now it's like, there's none of that. <laughs> it's my kind of creation and I can, I'm releasing it myself. I'm funding it myself. It's a totally different vibe, and there's no expectations other than my own, which are, that's very nice. Absolutely, man. And that's the thing is that and it sounds like you're getting back to the love of it, the fun of it, the reason that you wanted to do it, like all of it's coming right back to you. Um, it seems like that from a fan perspective. So that's, that's always a positive, man, and it comes from a place like that where uh, – it's easy to share because that's what we need in our life right now. And dude, we appreciate you putting it out there for us. So that's really cool, man. So I do want to tell everybody one more time, psycho sinners, nine albums coming out October 30th. Digitally, you can pre-order the vinyls guys, the pressing plants. We all know about them. We've heard it from many people. They're, they're behind, but you can pre-order that as well. And a press release. We'll have it here 
We'll talk about it right before the interview, guys, because this is going to air a little bit later. But I want to thank you so much, Jeremy, for uh, calling back in, dude, and, and let's giving us this interview here on the Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I am here 
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard is the latest single, On Your Grave. Second song is Devil From Hell, which has been out for a while now, guys. Um, All these songs, (laughs) nine tracks, nine albums. They're coming out, guys, as we talked about in the interview. So make sure you guys are checking it out. The tour is going to happen 2022. So always an interesting cat to talk to, always interesting news stories-wise and all that stuff. So, guys, if you're not paying attention, make sure you're following Psycho Center on social media and supporting Jeremy Spencer. With that, we want to thank everybody out there who gives us the five-star reviews on the good old Apple iTunes. You guys are the best. We don't ask for anything else, no comments, nothing. If you take the time, go to Apple iTunes, give us that five-star review. We truly, truly appreciate it. And also, we appreciate everybody that's listening to our other podcast, Rise to Offend, the documentary discussion podcast. Got over 100 episodes there right now, guys. Make sure if you haven't checked it out, you do. And with that, guys, we'll talk to you next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.